Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to the podcast. This is the PhD podcast, post hump day podcast. My name is Kellen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Tommy DeSalt. Yeah, yeah, from uh, yeah. Sandlot over there. <laughs> exactly. Was he your favorite? He kind of was, besides uh, the Jet. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, was dope. But. He he was. Um, I, I don't know, dude. It's just nostalgia. Yeah, uh, absolute nostalgia. It's that it's that time of year where mm-hmm. it's like backyard bro- baseball, baby. Barbecues. Uh, we talked baseball. Yeah, um, a little bit last episode, and uh, yeah, man, I I don't know, but uh, trying dude, trying dipping tobacco for the first time on a Ferris wheel that just sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, put some chew in. Yeah, I mean, uh, dude, that, that's it's classic, and uh, I mean fireworks going off mm-hmm. and it, it it is uh dude we're glad you're here we're glad to be here yeah welcome back welcome in you know everybody take a seat yeah, yeah, sit yeah. Down, get take settled a, get, get situated settled. get your uh, drink get your what you need if you're driving get, get your volume situated where sure you like a, it a virgin drink um yeah we do have a special guest coming on later for the sec- uh, second you know after the break um you want to introduce a little bit just give a little tease yeah yeah uh connected uh his name is charles uh, he, he is out of California, um, and man, I really resonated with um, his message mm-hmm. um, and his positivity. Yeah, um, I really connected with you know his whole vibe in general. Uh, really stood out. I was uh, just on the internet and happened to see one of his videos. Yeah thought hey let's bring him on because i think people need to hear his story absolutely and especially like i don't know there's been a lot of turbulence um lately i feel like uh, and it's just good to hear you know the other side of yeah. stories and the positive messages uh, alongside of that yeah. so he, he comes from like kind of a hard background and yeah it's definitely turned his life around uh He's coming out with a podcast that's coming out pretty soon. Yeah, um, the Mental Wealth uh, yeah. podcast. Obviously, it's about mental health. Uh, very important to me. I want to get into that with him later. I'm very excited to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. He's got his uh, his own brand, yeah. uh, which he'll he'll fill us in on. Um, he said but, he might uh, give us a couple. Hopefully, I'm going to put it on the podcast that yeah, way he does now. Yeah, definitely we'll, we'll support we'll be rocking that it. and rock that swag. Uh, speaking of swag, Colin, your shirt... Um, it's taking me back. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Yu-Gi-Oh. For, it's Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, first of all, I just want to say, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, I get it. It's like, it's like the, the stepchild of like Pokemon cards, yeah. magic, whatever. Um, I didn't get into it when I was younger. Uh, I got into it. Late bloomer? Late bloomer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in college. I, no shit. It, yeah. And it was a secret. Like I didn't tell anybody. Uh, one of my friends, like he was really into it when we were younger. <laughs> And I remember the kids at the lunch table, like they would always. <laughs> I was hiding cocaine, keeping it a secret. You were <laughs> yeah. hiding Yu-Gi-Oh. Exactly, like because I would play online with him, and I would like lock. We would call it lock the door. I think maybe we talk about. We it. did talk about it. Yeah, and I'd be like, hey, he's like, hey, do you want to lock the door? And so like, that's what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, anyway, so yeah, I never really liked Yu-Gi-Oh growing up. Like there was always those kids at the lunch table that they would bring their Yu-Gi-Oh cards out and play, and I always thought it was like a knockoff of Pokemon, right? And Yu-Gi-Oh came out like couple years after Pokemon had already hit the stage. So uh, anyway, when I'd see that, I was like, yeah, that's not for me. But then I was like, okay, I'll play it with you. And dude, it is so much fun. It's just like a card game. I love board games. I love card games. Like I like doing that and I like competition. It's just you versus, you know, mono e mono. And uh, it's just fun. Like you can make your own decks. Like you got it, it's it's just a lot of fun. So I was really customize your experience. Exactly. It sounds like yeah. yeah, and you can have different characters, like little monsters or whatever that you just revolve around. Like I on the back of the shirt, it's got like a blue eyes white dragon. Yeah, I so, saw it's a dragon. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, it's so scary. No, but so uh, I was playing it on the line the other day, and uh, Alex came in. He's like, "What are you playing? This looks boring." And I was like, "Well, I guess it kind of is boring." Uh, you know. But I was trying to teach him how to play it, and he was just like, okay, yeah, it is boring. Uh, yeah, but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, but it, like, sparked something in him where he wanted to, uh, like, get back into Pokemon, which, yes, that's, like, the gold standard for... It sounds funny, because get back into Pokemon right. when we were that age 
we were just now getting into it because that's when it got on this. Like, he's the same age that I was when it was like red hot. Yeah. And it's red hot again. Like the cards that I have, I still have them. They're somewhere in my, at my parents' house, which that's going to be a down payment. I need to dig my old cards out. I, I, I bet you you're talking baseball cards, right? Well, I got some Pokemon cards, yeah. but more baseball cards. But I mean, I don't, I don't want to go all Gary V here, but um, do I, it. I feel like some of those cards might be worth something. Dude, they are. Just because, dude, there were so many. I mean, that was like our weekly weekend thing during the summer, too. Yeah, and they would ban them at school, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, it was was a currency. Yeah. It was our currency as kids. Yeah. It was uh, baseball cards and Pokemon cards. Yeah. And, dude, I used to love it. You'd get the Topps cards and, you know, all the different packages. And, dude, some mom, you know, you you get the bubble gum. Yeah. That comes with it. Um, Pokemon has a a cool smell to it too. Yeah. 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 The baseball cards, that was the the difference between Pokemon cards and baseball cards for me was like the Pokemon cards. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they had the same smell. They Okay. So I would remember going to a Barnes and Noble and Barnes and Noble automatically already has like that new book smell. Yeah. So like that also resonates with me. It's soaked into it. Yeah. It's like you go in you've got that like new book smell (laughs) and then it's like, you open the package, just there's the rush that you get. Probably oh, the same man. as cocaine, I'm guessing. But yeah, not quite. Uh, <laughs> a little bit though. Yeah, no, no, no. The the pre, uh, yeah, the pre opening of the package. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's a rush because you you and then just pull. You don't out. know how good it is inside till you open it up, yeah. and then uh, you take a whiff. Um, yeah, I guess you could relate it to to. That. I'm just messing with uh, you. I'd probably know. not though. Um, yeah, the thing about baseball cards i remember was the distinct smell the bubble gum yeah um but here's the thing that separated it from pokemon for me was like i had a general understanding of pokemon just because it it was so big yeah when we were younger yeah the difference with some of these baseball cards is you know i didn't know half of these players so there was a whole nother layer to it for me yeah. of like, then like, dude, it wasn't like I could pull out a cell phone and Google, you know, who, who this guy was. This guy is. It's yeah. like, you got to start asking around. Hey dad, have you, have, have you, you heard of this oh, guy? Yeah. I know him. Yeah. Or whatever. And with yeah. Pokemon, it was like, for the most part, like I knew if I got a Charizard, like yeah. a certain edition, like yeah. that was big time. Well, it has, here's the thing. And, I, 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 that's a great that's a great analogy, like great comparison. But if you're on, you know, I know you're a sales guy. You, there's that negotiation and trades when you're trading, you know, the currency, trading the Pokemon cards. Love it. If your buyer or seller doesn't know who they've got or what they've got and you do. Oh, you man, can, I mean, yeah. You, you're just like, you know, running the table with them. So You can rake them. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about that was the, you know, negotiation factor oh yeah it was so fun because it was it was like our version of going to vegas like you know we're the house is dealing cards yeah we don't have control of it i used to love opening them like going to the store with a couple friends yeah and then getting home and just trading or looking at them, and opening them, yeah. And and then, dude, I would always try to be as discreet as possible about what I actually had gotten. Yeah, um, you got to downsell what you got because, you, or if you get too yeah. excited about it, and then it's time to get those trades, it's like, wait, what was all that excitement about that Chancey or you're you showing know, your Nomar hand. Garcia Parra over there? You you're know? showing your hand, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was fun, um, and and the Pokemon element was like this whole new experience because it was just this imaginary world. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and then you had the, you know, it was playing on TV. Yeah, and that guy was like 10 years old or whatever and kind of the, the same age as we were, and he's like out doing these old adventures. You know, he's got his own bicycle, and he's yeah. like... That was just... The whole thing was just badass to me. But... uh It was. What, I, what I'm going to say is, is that like, the kids now they're still they're back into Pokemon. I, there was like a generation or so where it kind of like was out in the you know they were doing a lot and then it came back. This uh, I mean Gen Z is definitely I think the they're into it, but like the Gen Pokemon, Alpha, the Pokemon app, yeah, started to trickle it back in. Pokemon Go, that one, yeah. That's remember we talk about this. That's when the world was like as one. 
We yeah. all were going downtown trying to, you know, find that that Mewtwo or whatever Pokemon it was that day. Like that's when it didn't matter what, you know, side of the aisle you were on. It didn't matter what side of the street you were on. People were parking where they shouldn't park. Exactly. It's okay. I bet. I bet he's got something in his sights. Yeah. He's Um, like, oh, he's. Yeah. The only thing that mattered was like what team you picked. The red, like there's the Mystic, Valor, whatever the third one was. Write me. Let me know. It was the yellow one. They were bad anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the thing is, is like everybody was in on this craze, you know? And yeah, uh, it really did take over. Um, What do you think? It was because after Pokemon Go came out, I feel like it then took another dip. And then recently, I mean, I saw it on LinkedIn. It was the, the pandemic hit it back up. Okay. So pandemic happened again uh, or happened. And then everyone's kind of sitting at home and a lot of, you know, things were people were just getting into hobbies that they had not either had time to do or they were trying new hobbies. For example, this is lame, but I tried to make my own kombucha when. <laughs> when the pandemic hit. Yeah, no. I, people were making their own pasta. Yeah. Kombucha. Bread make. I think uh, Amber a couple episodes yeah. ago said that she started to learn how to she make bread. She became a goddess and made bread. Exactly. So people were doing that and a lot of people got into like card trading um, or like, you know, trying to make money on the side. They're like, oh, I could sell these old cards that I have. Um, Literally. Or look at yeah. it, you know. And Gary stuff. V. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's what happened. I think that kind of like revitalized it. And then now it's just back. To, it's not back to where it was. I mean, it was everywhere. Pikachu, you would you couldn't turn a corner without seeing like Pikachu or you know Ditto or whoever just like on a cereal box. Can you do a good Pikachu impression? No, I can try. Let me see. Pika. That's pretty good. Can you? Uh, uh, <laughs> Pikachu. No, that was so bad. I, I don't know. I don't but, know. B, what do you got? Come on, everybody. Everybody, one time, let's hear your Pikachu. I didn't ever watch Pokemon. Come on. She was talking about this Webkin's Webkin? bullshit. What? Tell us about it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, what is this? Because this is this skipped us. Yeah, this was like right after y'all. Yeah. Probably. God, that was um, horrible. It's stuck in my brain now. I got like... What? Pikachu? Dude, yeah. I can't do it. Well, it's okay. I'm bad at impersonation. I'm bad at impressions. Like, I always have the same voice that comes out anyway. <laughs> Webkins. <laughs> Webkins. Let's get to it. You I want- would buy um, stuffed animals and they'd have a tag on their ear or whatever. Yeah. And it was in like this little, like, you know what you put like name name tags in? Yes. Like, the little plastic thing? Yeah. And then once you buy them, you could cut the tag open and there would be a code on the inside. And um, you would go to Webkins and you put the code in and you'd have a new pet. That's cool. And you could just like. You could I've heard of it. It's a virtual pet. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm hearing. You could build them a house. You had to feed them. You could give them a bath, put clothes. That's on like them. a damn Furby online. Yeah, Furby, and then Tamagotchi. Play games to get money, it was fun. Yeah, I kind of remember bunch. something. You had like, like that. an online zoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of remember something like that when we were kids, uh, and I thought it was called Webkins, but it's something similar where you could <laughs> find animals that you could like. You know, you got enough credits online that you could get more. And it was like the precursor to Webkins. Interesting. Uh, and I remember like my, I've got cousins that are a little bit younger than me and they were into it. And like I had seen what it was, but I think that was the precursor. Webkins, that's a great idea though, because then you've got, you know, the ad revenue online. You, you're double dipping at that point. Yeah. You can really monetize that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I never heard of that, um, but I, I get why it was popular. Yeah. They do have like... They do kind of have similar, something similar with that with other like games and stuff. Like it, it, you know, it's not just on the game now; it's online, and you can, you know, they they just they do that with other things and card games too. What was that? Uh, you know, they had Roller Coaster Tycoon, but they had a zoo one. Yeah, Zoo, um, zoo Tycoon. Tycoon. Sure yeah, well, I wonder if it was kind of similar. No, to that. it wasn't. Okay. It was it was more like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Did you, you ever play Roller Coaster Tycoon? Absolutely, dude. dude. I loved that game. Did you ever? I my kill one your... of my favorite things was leaving the roller coaster yep. so that it just it had a dead off. end, and then it just or you'd get like it, the dude. One... There's actually a ride at Six Flags that does that, but it, then it goes backwards. Oh, is it the shockwave or the flashback? Oh, and it's not called that anymore. I think it's called the flash. It's, yeah, it's something else. But yeah, it literally just stops and then it goes, goes backwards. Back, yeah. And every time that I would get on that, 
I'd have flashbacks to yeah. that that game. I was like, Karma, don't do me now. I like, think Mr. Freeze does that too. Yeah. And then, well, we I want to talk about Roller Coaster Tycoon for a little bit, but Mr. Freeze, the, Six Flags does this thing where, every, and they used to do it. I don't know if they still do it, but like every year they would do something different with one of the rides. Like Mr. Freeze, okay, they would fl- the turn the like coaster or whatever. You, what do you want to call it? The carts. Yep. They would turn them around. So, like, instead of go- facing forward and going forward through the thing, you would be sitting backwards and going backwards. Yeah. And then, like, there's this one roller coaster called um, uh, Runaway Mine Train or something like that. Where yeah, inside yeah, yeah. it's all dark, pitch black. Yeah. They would turn the light on, and so like, and the reason why they keep it off is because the coaster is so close. Like, you, sometimes like I can see the the. You got to keep your hands inside. Yeah, you do. And so they, for a while, they were. They would do something different with each ride. I don't know if they still that do, but here's what I would do in Roller Coaster Tycoon. First of all, I liked like just this is so nerdy, but I liked like um like finding the different little people around, you know, hearing what their little stories were about. Like, yeah. Oh, I wish I had enough money to go on this ride. It's like okay, well, shit. I guess I'm gonna have to turn down the price so you can we'll get give on. you a discount today. Yeah, just just for the next thirty just minutes, for, just for today. Yeah, and then just like grab his little, you know, you'd use that little. Like tweezer looking thing, like icon to pick them up. Offer valid till twelve thirty today. But then yeah, but then you would get bored and you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna just go throw this guy in the water over here, <laughs> and he'd drown, you know. And then you ungrateful fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you like you'd go right past like the coaster that he said. I wish <laughs> yeah. it was cheaper. And then he'd walk away and you'd be like, what the fuck? So you'd go pick him up and put him back, and he's like, eh, just walks right past. Like yeah. goes gets the cotton candy, and you're like, okay, dude, come on, one more time. And drop him right there, and he just walk back to the, go to the bathroom. Like, like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna start putting prices on the bathroom, you fucker. And then finally, it's just like I'm done with this guy, and you throw him in the water, and he'd like you know drown. Then that gets in your sadistic side where you're just like, I'm gonna start messing with these roller coasters. Like, oh, what yeah. you said with yeah. like putting the putting the ramp like where it's not completely finished, or you know the ones that you everyone sits in that like big circle and it goes straight up, straight vertically. Yeah, and you can just hit the Hit the velocity on that bad boy, send them. and they just fly out to the stratosphere. Dude, I remember the first time we did that. I was with my brother and, and another kid from the neighborhood, and we were like, "What? What happened? Like, we really didn't know. We we're <laughs> like, what, what's going to happen if we do this?'" And then it just was like, "Yeah, I'd come home from school and I had a bad day, and yeah. it's like we had to take it out on these <laughs> fuckers." Yeah, dude, I love that game. There's a there's another game that I mean this. You didn't get to play that one in computer class, but this one you did. Uh, Oregon Trail. Wow, that was I did that. that was one of my favorite games. We're looking as a at kid. we're looking at I new um, we're looking at new like a, a another laptop. I mean, for you for us, but not really. We're looking at it for like a work laptop. Yeah, for, for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but this one's for like me and Lulu. Uh, she's looking at some monitors and stuff like that, like all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Uh, they had Oregon Trail, like a new version of it, uh, up at. We were just at Best Buy, yeah, uh, buying some cords or whatever for her monitors, and saw Oregon Trail, and it's like a new version of it, like. And I was like, oh my god, with the graphics like new age. They were like that eight eight. Uh, what is it? Like the Pixel Eight or yeah, eight, okay, uh, eight peg or whatever they call it. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that same graphic, but it was definitely the. It was definitely better. Like it was. It was a style choice instead of like, hey, this is the only option we've got. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's cool. Because, I mean, that, that was part of the experience. But I remember like sitting in computer class when you could pick playing a couple games like free, you know, Computer Friday or whatever. And, you know, you'd pick Oregon Trail and maybe some of the homies would pick it too. And you could name your like pioneers after your classmates. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh, hey, uh, Samantha, you just got syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. didn't even know what yeah. that was. Jessica, you got typhoid fever. Exactly. You're going. Oh, you just got bit by a snake. Well, this new one now, like you have choice. I mean, you always had choices. Like Andrew, you drowned. You didn't make it through. You didn't, yeah, and you had the mini game where you could like maneuver the yeah. the uh, whatever, like God, the wagon that, that through was, the. That was awesome. But now they've got like new choices because we were. I was playing with Alex for a little bit while uh, Lulu was doing her thing. They like, got COVID on there now. Basically, they have. One of my uh, pioneers or like uh, people that I was traveling with uh, got bit by a rattlesnake, mm. and one I had a, I could pick which one of the people either didn't do anything with it, they could give them medicine, or they could suck the poison out. 
And there's no stakes here. This isn't my game. This is just at Best Buy. So I had uh, old, I uh, had Sitting Bull. He was like the the navigator. Uh, suck out the poison. What's the sound effect on that? I don't. I don't know if you even had any. But yeah. <laughs> God, everyone's gonna hate us. Yeah, but he uh, he got sick. He yeah, ended up getting sick. So I mean, you know, there's a a price to be paid for the choices you make in life and and Oregon Trail is a good good way to figure that out like yeah no that's good you learn a lot of life lessons uh there's consequences for your actions and sometimes <laughs> there's a fork in the road and you can't be indecisive exactly uh, i remember the hunting on that game yeah i would just like load up on meat and like all the you know i'd shoot like all the bison or like whatever's out there the squirrels yep. and the deer absolute carnage cuz yeah. it's a different game like you know you're traveling but then when you get to that mini game where you get to hunt it's like you're just shooting things. It's a free-for-all. But then you got to realize, okay, the weight capacity of this wagon's not going to carry all this meat, but we're going to make it try. We're going to try to make it work. We're going to do our best out here. Then you get through, yeah, you get to like the Rio Grande, or not Rio Grande, but you get to like the Mississippi River, wherever you're going to be at. Yep. And what happens when you get in the water? It sinks. Or you lose like half your stuff. Yeah, you get greedy. You, you sink. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a very important game for kids to play. Both of them are. Hard. Dude, I remember we used to get to play that on Fridays at school. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the time. Or if you finished your assignment uh, yep. certain days, you know, you could you could hop on a computer. Those uh, are those are three games that I think every kid should be able to, or every kid needs to be need to have played. Poke, some type of trading card. I think Pokemon because I mean it teaches you how to the, negotiate. It teaches you the, yeah the values of negotiating and trading and fair value and supply and demand where the market's at at the time. So there we go. We get that all taken care of. Then we go to Oregon Trail. The decisions that you make have consequences. You have to be not impulsive. You have to start thinking, uh, you know, preactive of your decisions. Boom. Then roller coaster to tycoon. Sometimes you just went off a little bit of steam, and yeah. you want to play God for a little bit. I just think you know it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of a lot of life, uh, yeah. life there. I tell you what, um, it's kind of in line with with you know consequences in life and making decisions. Yeah, um, you know our guest that we have coming on today. Uh, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, yeah, because he had a fork in the road. Yeah, um, and. You know, he had some decisions to make, so I'm, I'm real excited to, yeah, to hear that uh, and, and kind of his storyline because everyone, everyone has decisions in life, and it's something about you know those games and as fun as they were, yeah, they did teach you stuff, absolutely. But like, I didn't have the wherewithal to apply that all the time, right? Um, and so that that was kind of a a thing looking back on now. I'm like, oh man, like. There's a lot more to that stuff and why they let us play that in school. I think also, though, like, it, honestly, you get to play it in school and all that kind of stuff. And you don't, maybe on the surface, you don't think it really changed how you reacted to different stuff. But I mean, I think you learned some life lessons that sub uh, subconsciously you are putting it like, you know, yeah. Does that make sense? But I want to take a break because I want to, uh, Let's give him a call. I want to. Yeah, let's get, get him on the line. Yeah. Let's get Charles so on. So stick with us. We're going to get Charles on here. Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, all right. We're back. And uh, we've got a special guest. Very uh, special. On the line. Uh, Charles, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, man. Thank y'all for having me on. Absolutely. Um, Tom, you want to introduce him a little bit? I got a video I want to play because I think it really yeah uh, instills who Charles is as a human being. Yeah, but was, uh, uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I was actually uh, not too long ago. I think it was even in the the morning time. I was I was drinking coffee and kind of scrolling around as we do, and uh, had had seen. Uh, a video somehow I, I ended up on um I think he was live and immediately there was just this positivity just radiating and I was like who is this guy yeah um you know and, and from there I was like I gotta talk to this guy and like uh you know sometimes in life you come across, um, you know, different people and you're just intrigued. And I yep. think that's what it was for me was I was like, there's gotta be a story here because most people, 
um, that are putting themselves out there in that light, there's something to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I wasn't wrong. Uh, immediately, you know, Charles and I started started kind of conversing online. We ended up hopping on the phone. And I, I mean, I I didn't know what to expect. Um, if we were going to have a long conversation or a short conversation, I know we were interested in trying to, to, uh, join up, but, uh, I mean, we stayed on the phone for what, an hour? Um, yeah. and it was, it was really, really cool. Well, let me play this video. So this is you, you're graduating from kind of set the stage. What are you graduating from here? It says class of 2023, uh, and you're yeah. speaking at it. So what's going on here? Yeah, uh, actually, the the uh, video is actually from a. It's called the Rites of Passage event. Okay. Uh, it's pretty much for like all the black graduates at uh, Monterey Peninsula College. So awesome! All right, and so you're yeah. making a little speech at the end, man, and I, I I really like it. So let's just get right into it. Through countless sleepless nights and unwavering determination, I have worked to ensure that delayed gratification becomes the cornerstone of my achievements. I have overcome the shackles of gang and drug culture, navigated the dark alleys of homelessness at the tender age of 16, fought against the cold and clutches of depression and addiction. Today I stand tall, a testament to an unyielding spirit within me. My path to this point has been hard, and the challenges I have faced are not to be taken lightly. However, I am grateful that my struggles do not define me. What you see before you is a symbol of resilience, power, and our unwavering dedication. That's great, man. So I want to touch on that real quick. It said that you uh, got out of the gang life. You're homeless at the age of 16. Um, tell me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Uh, just, you know, not have anything to really fall back on. You kind of turn to the, the gang life, gang culture, uh, being out on your own at 16. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, well, early on, man, I, I come from very humble beginnings. Very, very humble beginnings. So, you know, uh, I was actually born into a family who was already affiliated into like the gang culture, mm -hmm. gang and drug culture. Okay. So, you know, with that, you know, it kind of, it, it's almost expected, you know, of you to follow suit in a sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, because, you know, a lot of the men in my family are, you know, either affiliated or, or, or some, you know, uh, associated some way right. with either gang or drug culture. So, you know, me being young, you know, I, I seen a lot growing up, you know, a lot of craziness, man. A lot of, uh, you know, I've, I've seen the good and the bad, you know what I'm sure. saying? So, um, seeing that for myself, you know what I mean? And seeing the consequences behind some of those actions and some of those decisions, you know, that my family members made, um, you know, I didn't necessarily know any better, right? Yeah. Because that's what was modeled for me at an early age. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, my brother being, uh, you know, the one closest to me who was actually affiliated, you know, and of course, you know, being younger and you're looking up to your older brother, you aspire to be similar or somewhat like, you know, Absolutely. Him. Me and Tommy as well. We're both uh, the younger brothers. I've got two. He's got one. You know, you always, not necessarily in their shadow, but you want to follow their footsteps, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, it, it kind of appealed, you know, because, you know, from the outside looking in, you see the flash and the glamour behind the gang and drug culture, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But you don't necessarily know the process, you know, that's the in-between, right? Yeah. So we see the result. Yeah. We see the money. We see the cars. We see, you know what I'm saying, the ladies. We see, you know, we see all of that. It right. appeals to jewelry. You know what I mean? It looks good. Yeah. But on the other side of it, you know, there's also the struggle, the, you know, having to look over your back 24-7, having to worry about not going into certain areas because you're considered out of bounds, right? Yep. And what out of bounds means just means, like, you know, you're just in a place that, you know, your gang is not really yep. welcome. You know what I'm saying? And if people know who you are, they're definitely going to press you on that issue. Yep. So... You know, there's a lot of that that you know that that coincides with that, and then of course, you know, you're dealing with the law as well. So I mean, it's it's just a consistent, you know, like ducking and dodging, but yeah. at the same time, like you're outside and you're presenting this lifestyle, you know, as like a a glorified, you know, you know, life. So because Absolutely. at the end of the day, like for them being who they are, they want to also 
be able to recruit people in, into what they're doing. Yep. I think uh, a lot. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think a lot of times, like uh, in those situations, you're not really living, you're just surviving. And, uh, exactly. but you want to give the notion that you're out there thriving, right? And a lot of times that yeah. resonates with a lot of people, I think, because you see a lot of people on Instagram, a lot of social medias, and they're showing their best life, right? They're not showing mm-hmm. everything that's behind the camera. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm comparing it, yes, but I just am mm-hmm. comparing it to show that people can resonate with that, you know, and I know that people resonate right. with your story. And uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, so tell me, you said you were homeless at 16. Tell me kind of how that happened. What, what, what made you where you are now from 16 to then? Okay, so, you know, just going back a little bit, uh, you know, when I was younger, again, you know, I'm growing up, you know, being, you know, seeing this, this gang, gang culture, drug culture. I grew up with a single mom. Um, so, you know, my father was in my life up until I was about one years old. Mm. Uh, him, him and my mother were never married. You know, they were kind of just having fun yeah, doing their thing. And then, you know, I came along. So then, you know, he ended up leaving. Uh, because they couldn't, they couldn't, you know, figure it out, right. whatever the case was at that time. So, you know, with me kind of growing up in that lifestyle, you know, I was a knucklehead, man. I was starting to do some, you know, following the steps of, you know, some of the people, my, my uncles, my, you know, my brother, I was starting to do things that I shouldn't have been doing at the age that I was doing it. So, you know, my mother caught on and, uh, you know, luckily for me, I had a mother who, you know, who, who understood the lifestyle, but didn't necessarily want that for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So once she started seeing that I was following in those same footsteps, she was like, you know, she took a step back and was like, wait a minute, like this, this isn't something that I want for you. You know what I mean? Cause I was also a, a very smart kid. You know what I mean? I was in school. I was, I was making A's and B's, uh, very intelligent, always a free thinker. I always thought for myself and she didn't want me to lose any of that to the streets. So what she ended up doing was she sent me to go live with my father uh, who was in North Carolina at the time. And that's where he grew up. And that's where his family uh, unit is. So, again, you know, he was out of my life, um, you know, since I was one years old. And then when she decided to send me out there, I was pretty much already, you know, a teenager. I was about, I was about 15, 16. Mm. Um, so, I mean, you know, trying to force myself to, to be in a, in a situation where I'm trying to get to know someone that I never really knew. Right. So he, he, he's, he's like a stranger to me. Right. So, you know, it, it kind of like, I had to grow up fast. Right. So I had that mentality early on, you know what I mean? I was always, you know, well above my age and my mentality. So, you know, trying to, build a dynamic between me and my father was hard because we clashed a lot because, you know, I felt like I was already grown because where I come from, I would be considered a man. You had to be. Yeah. Right. You know, so, and I don't think he really necessarily understood that because he didn't grow up in that same type of culture. You know what I mean? He grew up in, in the country, you know what I mean? So like for him, it was, it was completely new. You know what I mean? So he didn't really understand it. He didn't really get it. So once yeah. he, you know, saw me and we started to develop a relationship, that's that's when it kind of like we clashed, we butted heads a lot, Absolutely. and we just didn't agree. Yeah. You know, so I ended up, um, you know, he, he had like a little, uh, he had a family situation going on. He got remarried. Uh, you know, they had a, yeah, uh, he had a stepson. And his stepson was in, you know, doing his, in college. He was playing college ball for uh, North Carolina State. And, um, he was doing well for himself. He was doing well for himself. But, you know, a lot of the t- attention from my father was actually going to stepson. Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm like, well, damn, like, you know, like, yeah, you've like, been out of my life for so long. Yeah. It's like he's trying to, like, start over in a sense, you know, not with you, but with some other kid, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. So, well, of uh, course, as a kid, you know, that hurts. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was just curious is because... Uh, I know we talked on the on the phone the other night, and I kind of mm-hmm. gave you some insight where where I came from, and, and it wasn't until like I was sixteen um, that I found myself 
and situations with people, places, and things that I really shouldn't have been involved with, and and it progressed more and more. But um, that price of admission you touched on earlier, um, most people do not have any any idea what that's like. Um, you know, it's one thing if you're, you know, let's say a security guard or police officer and you're always strapped. Uh, it's another thing when you got stolen guns on you. Uh, it's another right. thing when you know you're in a neighborhood you shouldn't be in. And if you're spotted, mm-hmm. you know, you're a fish out of water. You know, the day to day grind of that lifestyle and what it does to your mental state, to, you know, your emotions. I mean, I really get what you're saying about, you know, um, you were already providing for yourself before basically you were 16 years old. Um, and when you went to North Carolina, um, you know, you're coming in with somebody that's your dad that you don't have much of a relationship with. But then on top of that, you know, I know you were taken out of that environment that you were in, but that stuff doesn't leave you either. Um, right. And so did you notice that when you were there, I don't know if you, you know, found those same people in North Carolina and started getting into the same stuff. Did you notice like mentally, like it, it was already catching up with you? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, because when I first got to North Carolina, um, in, you know, in, in my mentality, I was out of bounds, right? Because I'm not familiar with yeah. anybody in anywhere, right? So the people that I came across, you know, I'm always, you know, skeptical. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, what's the end goal here? Like, you know what I mean? What are they trying to, you know what I mean? What are they saying? Because, you know, it's a different vernacular as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm coming from the West Coast. And I'm talking, you know, my West Coast slang. Like I'm, I'm talking, you know, saying things that they don't understand. Yeah. And then, of course, the way that they're speaking, there's certain things that they're saying that I'm not understanding. Right. So, of yeah. course, you're an outsider for sure. Yeah. So you know, coming from me, I'm like, you know, I, I gotta, you know, be on my P's and Q's. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, well, you know, who can I really associate myself with, and who can I not? Because again, out there in North Carolina, where you know where I was living, you know, there was a different different type but it was it was a lot of gang culture out there too but it was the gang culture was a lot different mm-hmm. yeah i it, it was nowhere near the same i i i will attest to that is is having lived in um california um mm-hmm. people that haven't been there or around that life don't really understand also is the gang life you see in suburbs um or you know throughout the country even when you trace the origins back to California, um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day explaining the different cultures um, and kind of different structures uh, of different gangs and organizations, how different it is across the country. But when you step into California and certain parts of it, um, it is like the wildest I'd ever experienced. And I wasn't affiliated, associated at all, but I was in the drug activity side of it. Um, And like, it was a whole different level. Um, So I definitely, definitely get what you're saying about, you know, (laughs) coming from that, going somewhere else where, you know, it could have been the same organization and it's a whole different playbook. Um, Right. Let me ask you this. Um, so, you know, your background and everything, and you're in North Carolina. Um, did you have, was there a breaking point for you that you said, I need to, I wouldn't say grow up, but I need to wake up. I need to, you know, turn my life around. You know, this isn't working for me. What was that like? What what, what did that, walk me through that day or that week or that year? Oh, man. Um, at that point, uh, I had already, you know, stepped outside of my father's house. I was, it was February of my senior year. Um, and I left, you know what I mean? I decided to leave, go out on my own. Um, spent a few years out there in North Carolina. And then the thing that really woke me up was when I realized that I had fallen into 
the drug culture, but not so much on the side that I knew, but as a user. Mm. So to cope and to deal with a lot of the pain that I was feeling from abandonment to, you know, just, you know, just being somewhere that you're not familiar with, you know, not and not having a lot of family members to fall back on. Uh, I really had to rely on myself and then, uh, you know, the few people that I was close to. However, the few people that I was close to, they were introducing me to different things as far as like drugs and, you know, alcohol. And, you know, we were smoking hella weed and, you know, we were just, we were all hurting, but we were all coping in our own way. Sure. So what really woke me up was when I was on a, uh, a pretty, a pretty crazy binge on uh, Xanax. Okay. And I don't know if any, you know, if people know anything about Xanax, man, is that if, you, you, if you're talking about being numb, yeah, I mean, yeah, so I mean, that's 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 the closest thing to numbing, you know, any all of my feelings at once. So I would uh consistently, you know, be doing that on a regular. So, but when I when I woke up, I realized I'm like, wait a minute, like there's there's parts of my life that I don't remember mm-hmm. because I was so heavily you know, relying on Xanax. Right. And I woke up one morning and I literally had, um, I didn't know where I was. Um, I was, I was in someone's house. I didn't even know. Uh, and then on top of that, it was just like, it was kind of a dangerous situation because the person's house that I was in was affiliated with a gang that where I'm from, I, you know, we, we have no ties. Like it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a bad situation if we come across each other. So being in that situation, I realized how much danger I was really in chasing, you know, the feeling of this, you know, this drug to, to, to cope with what I was dealing with. So that's what woke me up. And I was like, man, I could have, you know, anything could have happened to me. I could have died. I could have, you know, right. You know, this, this man could have killed me, could have, you know, anything could have happened. Yeah. And you weren't, yeah, you were kind of, you know, obviously sedated. So you put yourself in that situation without, you know, really putting yourself in that situation, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you're on the ball, right. you're on Xanax. So like, I've heard that, uh, I've been prescribed Xanax, you know, I deal with mental mm-hmm. health stuff too. Um, I, I, I'm very, I, I try to stay away from it. I know yeah. that road that it goes down. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad that you touched on that. Uh, I want to ask you that question. It, it sparked my idea or my mind that, uh, you know, Xanax is to help people with depression and uh, mental health issues. Um, if you, you know, I know, I know that's, you're a big advocate for that big advocate for people that, you know, health, you know, health wellness. Um, what's your relationship like that with, uh, you know, self-medication compared to being medicated or like, how do you medicate yourself if you don't mind if you, or it, does that make, I'm just trying to get to the point where like, you know, you are a user and then you've got maybe a, a doctor or a psychiatrist saying, Hey, here's what we want to prescribe you. And you know, the side effects that that gives you, you know, that, mm-hmm. that road, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so basically for me, um, you know, I never, I never really had anybody to, you know, really, you know, give me that breakdown. Right. Gotcha. But, you know, it, but that situation that I, that I spoke about earlier scared me so much that, you know, kind of, it kind of uh, pushed me away from it. Yeah. Uh, cold turkey. And one thing about me is I don't necessarily have an addictive personality. Okay. So, uh, but when I was going through that, again, I, I realized the reason why I was doing this was because I was coping. I was dealing with some, I was going through something, but I wasn't necessarily dealing with those emotions behind what I was going through. Right. So, I actually ended up, you know, gathering all my things. And I was like, look, I'm going back home. You know what I mean? Some just told me to, to, to get back home, do what you need to do, figure it out, get there, and you'll figure out the rest. So that's exactly what I did. I, I, I got got on a plane, came all the way back to California. And that's when I started to, uh, you know, started to get into different things. I started, uh, I started to, you know, read a bunch of different self-help books, self-development books. I started getting into uh, business because uh, it, it always intrigued me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing those things and kind of, you know, focusing my mind and putting my mind towards that instead of 
trying to chase drugs. Per yeah. Se. Yeah. No, that makes so, perfect sense. It's like, especially if you don't have a, an addictive personality, like you were really, mm-hmm. really um, outside of, of who you are at the end of the day um, oh. and, and kind of got sloppy uh, and found yourself oh. in a, a large predicament. Let me ask you this is when you, when you went back home, um, cause I know for me that, um, going back home out of environments that I had been active in, uh, with stuff I shouldn't have been, um, that temptation, you know, it's, it's, it's not hard to make four or $500 doing, uh, doing stuff that's not necessarily legal versus working retail, making $10 an hour. Um, I'm just setting that stage of like, it's real easy to give in. Did you, you know, as much as you were reading self-help books and learning about business stuff, did you ever find yourself like, man, I can do this one more time or I can, you know, any temptation there or was it just like never looking back? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was very tempted, very tempted. Um, Again, you know, I'm back in the, I'm back in my familiar area, you know, with, with with people that I know, so who have certain certain access to certain things, right? Right. And um, you know, so of course, you know, it definitely crossed my mind, but at the same time, just I think that break that that break away from from them, it kind of opened my eyes to really see the bigger picture, and I was able to see a lot of the stuff that they were, you know, a lot of the consequences behind some of the actions that they were dealing with, you know what I'm saying? Because of the, the things that they were doing illegally. Right. So seeing that for myself, that really deterred me away. Cause I mean, I've seen people go away for a long time, you know what I mean? Be behind certain drugs or behind, you know, certain decisions that they made, you know, in survival mode. And, for me, seeing that, especially, you know, even with my brother, because when I came back home, you know, my brother was around, but he wasn't around because he was pretty much on the run. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, you know, he was every everywhere he went, he pretty much was just looking over his shoulder. So he right. was just, you know, consistently moving. And I knew for myself, I was like, you know what? This is not what I want for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know I'm a very intelligent dude. Like, you know what I mean? If anything, I know I can create something and build something for myself that can generate me the same income or more. Yeah. If I really put, you know, bet on myself and put the effort behind me. So that's what really gave me the catalyst to, you know, start, start going in 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 the opposite direction. It's nice. Hey, real quick. uh, I got one more question for you. We're going to take a break. We want to get you back on right after this break. But um, if you, Let's say you're in, you know, you had a t- you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing about what were your struggles mm-hmm. and some piece of advice or some somebody who's going through, you know, the exact same situation that you were going through. You know, didn't uh, your family life wasn't uh, complete? You were missing, you know, that father figure that you needed or needed someone to pour into mm-hmm. you. What would be something that you would tell your, you know, your younger self? Man. that's a good question. I've never been asked that question before. But, uh, Sorry to put you on the spot. No, nah, no, nah, no worries, no worries. Uh, one thing I would definitely tell myself is uh, that I am not my circumstance. Mm. You know, because for the longest time, I felt like what was happening to me was was because it was my fault. Um, however, I was, you know, I I needed to understand that just because I was in that circumstance, it didn't define me as. Who I am, you know, I was much bigger than that situation and that circumstance. Yeah. So that's powerful. You know, for anybody going through it, you know, anybody Absolutely. going through it, man, like just understand, like you are not your circumstance. It does yeah. not define you at all. And so, real quick before we take a break, I just want to tell you one thing that I would challenge you to do. Uh, you know, is your mm-hmm. your channel and you get your podcast coming out uh, here in about a month. Like, would mm-hmm. challenge you to remember that because there's an audience of uh, kids that look just like you that are scrolling on TikTok that, you know, you have a message to tell them and, you know, they're about that age. So I just want to challenge you to, you know, just kind of remember that why. And I know you will, but, you know, 
But just anyway, let's Absolutely. take let's take a break real quick. When we come back, we're gonna uh, continue the conversation. I'm really enjoying getting to, kn- to know you, Charles. I appreciate you taking our call. Yeah, we're uh, gonna take quick yeah, course, yeah. quick break, a few more questions, and hop back in. All right, and we're back with Charles um, talking about uh, really the transformation of his life. Um, powerful, powerful story. Yeah, man. Um, quite a message. Um, Charles, um, I, I just want to touch on real quick is, you know, that that freedom that you get to experience today, um, it 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 is unlike any other that I've ever experienced. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, worry about getting pulled over and getting popped riding 30 or mm-hmm. failing a sprite test or, you know, one of the, one of the things that was told to me, uh, when, when I, when I kind of made some major life changes was, you know, you're going to be able to go out and look the world in the eye. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you found that sooner than I did in life to where, you know, as tempting as things were, you were on a mission and you still are. And I know you've got a lot of stuff in the works and some projects and you've got, got your brand. Um, so just if you can talk to us a little bit about what that freedom's like today and, and kind of what your life looks like now. Man, uh, it is a complete uh, 180. Um, I feel like because, you know, before, you know, before there were certain areas that I, that I wouldn't go to, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't experience certain things in those areas because I was always had that, you know, that anxiety of, oh man, is somebody going to see me? You know, is somebody going to notice me or somebody going to associate me with this person because they, they've seen us together. Like, you know, yeah. now I don't have that issue per se. Um because I've been been able to represent myself in a different light um, to a lot of people, especially within my own community. Um, because now I actually, I, you know, I'm a part of my nine to five, I actually am a, am a mailman. So, you know, I actually deliver mail in the same neighborhood that I grew up in. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, now, you know, for even even some of the, the younger kids who see me or, or, or people, not even younger kids, like a lot of, a lot of adults, you know, they come up to me and tell me all the time because there, you know, there's not a lot of a black mailmen uh, in our area. So when they see one, it's like, you know, they always just, just reference this, you know, hey, we appreciate what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm inspiring, you know, people based off of what I'm doing. So yeah. when I, when I experienced that in my nine to five, I was like, man, that's powerful. Like, yeah, that is great. Yeah, I dude, mean, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna, say, I was just gonna say, like, they're kind of pouring back into you a little bit as well. Like, yeah, you're pouring into that neighborhood, but getting that from them is above and beyond. There's a like a saying that I've heard recently that I had never thought about. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to hear if you've heard of it too. It says that, like, um, for a black man, uh, the one time that they receive flowers in their life is usually at their funeral. Have you heard that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that just like <laughs> stopped me in my tracks when I heard that. Uh, yeah. Men in general, but for sure, I know uh, that can, that, that could be the case. You got to sometimes have to put up on a front and be a little bit more, uh, you know. So I just want to hear a little bit about that. Like having a community that can, you know, basically give you flowers, you know what I mean? Uh, at the end of the day, ha- congratulate you, appreciate you, and pour back into okay. you as you do to them. So. Uh, that's good to hear that first of all, but I want to hear a little bit more, like, how are you doing that? You know, you're obviously getting a mail, but you're pouring into that community as well. Well, yeah. And you're getting to interact in your community every day. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that's major because again, like, you know, I mean, any, I mean, from kids to adults again, I mean, I, I've, I've even had some, you know, some, you know, some gang members who come up to me and be like, hey, man, like, I've never seen a black male, man, but I just want to let you know you inspire me what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. There you, go. you know what I mean? And I, you know, and I pour back into them as well. And I'm like, hey, look, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like this, you know, you you can be greater than your situation. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You don't have to be, 
where you are. You know what I mean? So I'm able to, as much as they pour into me, I'm able to do the same for them. But, you know, with, with that being said, like that also pushed me in the direction of, you know, building my brand yeah, and um, building something that I can continue to inspire and empower people with. Yeah. Let's talk about your brand a little bit, uh, the messaging about it. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. So I'm, I'm a little bit new about it. You know, Tommy's known about it a little bit more, but tell, you know, tell our mm-hmm. listeners, tell, tell me also a little bit more about your brand and your messaging that you want to get across. Absolutely. All right. So, so my brand is called My Negus Clothing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's actually that? a play on words. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's M-Y-N-E-G-U-S. Uh-huh. Okay. And then clothing. It's, but it's, it's a play on words. And the reason why I chose Negus uh, in particular is because it's an Amharic terminology that comes from an Ethiopian language. Okay. But it means royalty. It means uh, emperor, empress. That's cool. Um, yeah, so it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the negative connotation that we've actually accepted Absolutely, uh, yeah. as a society, as a term of endearment. You that's, know what I'm that's saying? That's cool. Yeah. That's really yeah, cool. So, like, I tell, when I tell people about that, like, they're like, because when they see it, and yeah. they, their mind goes to the negative. Hey, we did the same thing. We were, I was like, are we allowed to say yeah. that online or what? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you got to say it and give us the background of it because that is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, and I always try to tell people too, like you know, with with the, with the negative, you know, term that we all know, right? The the original term with the hard er, right? Just because right. we take take it and put it put an a at, you know, to put an a on it, it doesn't necessarily change the definition of the word, right? Right. The definition remains the same, um, but I understand that you know by changing it, you know. Black, you know, the black community or, you know, people of color feel like it takes the power away from the word. But for right. me, taking I the word think back. the only way, yeah, it's taking the word back. But yeah. for me, it's like, it was never our word. Right. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. was a word given to us as, you know, a description of who we are, who people thought we are at that time. Yeah. And um, for me, you know, I, I that's why I wanted to, you know, kind of promote the Negus because that is a word mm-hmm. that actually comes from our ancestors. Yeah. Given to us by us. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it's a, that, that's amazing. I mean, I, I did not know the, the deeper meaning behind how you had branded that, but I mean, first of all, it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And, and second of all, um, it's super powerful um, to have that out on the front lines. And, Thirdly, it'll it'll grab you. Um, I yeah, mean, when you see it, you you definitely you take a second. You're gonna read it again. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, I say that candidly uh, because right. when I showed Kellen it, um, I, I remember I called him right away. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't text yeah. back. He called me. He's like, "Are you sure this?" Is? I, was like, I was like, "How do you say this? <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble." <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. and I know you've got. Um, a podcast that, that we've, we've touched yeah. on that that's launching here mm-hmm. soon. Um, and tell us the, the name of it and kind of, uh, what you're going to be doing there. Yeah. So the podcast is going to be called the mental wealth podcast. Nice. And, um, the reason why I, I decided to come up with that name in particular is because, uh, you know, I center my brand around the message of, uh, you know, mental health. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, Personally, I believe that, you know, mental health is wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're taking care of your mental, you know, I feel like everything else will fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of people are afraid of mental health or they, they feel like it's a taboo it's because they don't really understand the power of mental health Mm -hmm. and how it can change an individual or even a family. Um, So with the podcast in itself, I want to put a focus on mental health, um, but also, you know, other topics as well, as far as like, um, and and just kind of erase, erase some of the taboos around mental health, because for someone who is, uh, you know, going through, uh, you know, my own, uh, therapy journey, uh, which I see a therapist every couple of weeks. 
you know, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. I tell people all the time, nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah. dude, I, I, I get there. You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Because at the end of the day, I look at it, I look at it as like going to the doctor, Yep. you know, for your, for your physical, yeah, for yeah. your physical health. Yeah, I, I pre- I'm just going to tell you, I appreciate that a lot. Um, I I dealt with some, still, I mean, every day, it's, a, it's it can be a struggle as well, but, you know, there was a time in my life where mm-hmm. I really struggled with it, and I didn't really know mm-hmm. where to turn to it. Now, luckily, mm-hmm. I had, uh, my dad struggled with it as well, and I had someone who I could bounce ideas off of what was going on. Uh, doing it by yourself can be very scary, and so to have that oh. outlet, you know, for that so people can turn to it and listen to it and kind of have some uh things that they can turn to to you know get them back on track that I, just for me I'm, you got a listener already so i appreciate you doing that for everybody uh, yeah that's dope man i appreciate it thank you and i appreciate that yeah and 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 i want to add is like you you alluded to something a minute ago that like <laughs> struck me because um I remember when I used to hear the the term mental health thrown around, um, it seemed like this deep, dark abyss that I didn't even want to look into. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know where to start. And, and I knew I had issues, but I didn't know exactly, you know, like Kellen said, what to do about it necessarily. Um, and dude, I, 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 came to learn that even some of the simplest things like looking down at your feet, putting your feet flat on the floor, being grounded, being grounded, knowing, okay, here's where I'm at and bring yourself to the present. Um, you know, breathing exercise, like all these things that I would have never thought like I would want to try in the first place. Um, you know, these, these simple things that anybody can implement, uh, without, without another soul even knowing you're doing, um, you know, and then on top of that, you know, the, the elements of therapy, um, I know you got a video, so I'm going to bring it up. I know you got a video and, 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 you know, just to hit the nail right on the head, um, is you mentioned in the video that in, in your community and, and kind of your culture, um, that is not something that is talked about. No. It's not something no. that people are going to, you know, seek out. So I'm, I'm really, I'm super stoked for you and what you're yeah. doing. And, and I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, anybody that's in certain circumstances, they are not going out of their way to seek these things that can help them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet them in the middle. And, right. and that rocks. Um, yeah. So right. I just want to, want to, want to throw that your way um i want to add a a, a question for you is like do you have some ideas with you know that platform of how you can can do that kind of to the front lines because just like kellen has his story that i can't Mm -hmm. tell you know i have my story and you have your story you're able to reach people i could never right right? Mm -hmm. um so I'm really curious to see, you know, in the future what you do with that. Do, do you have certain, I know you've got a, a brand and a merch line. Is that something that you're going to kind of help to, to use? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually have some merch kind of centered around uh, that mental wealth idea. Um, so I have some merch that, uh, you know, on the front, you know, it's pretty big and it says uh, mental wealth on the front. And I have, you know, on the, on the arm, it says check on your loved ones. Nice. And on the back, it has like a, you know, a little saying that, you know, the, the, the saddest people smile the brightest, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of just, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Kind me of, too. Yeah. Kind of just pointing out, you know, like, you know, people go through things on the regular and, you know, because of the type of society that we live in, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like it's okay to be fake. Right. Yeah. And, um, and in reality for me, it's like, you know, I understand that, you know, people, everybody's going through something, whether they want to admit it or not, right. you know what I mean? Whether they, whether they want to be upfront about it or not. Um, and I know with my brand, I also, you know, with it being centered around mental health, I just definitely want to make sure that I put out, you know, uh, merch that people can actually buy and feel good about. Um, 
but also, you know, have a message behind it. Because there's also other stuff that I've also put out as well. I just uh, dropped a T-shirt and it has, uh, we, we grow through what we go through on it. Ooh, I have I like another that. T-shirt that has uh, beautifully and wonderfully made on the front. And then on the back it says from the mud. I mean, so, you know, I, cool. I just, I try to incorporate, you know, my message within my brand yeah. and within pretty much everything I do as well. Yeah. So no, that's great. Just I mean, with, I think oh. people that, you know, you got merch out there that, you know, if someone's wearing it, someone else at the gas station is yep. going to ask them about it. Yes. I mean, that's, that's great. Right. Just that conversation. Right. I mean, even with your brand name, yeah. we talked about that, like just having that second step or second thought, look at it, be like, wow, what is this <clears> about? And have that conversation and everything. What I was going to say, and Tommy touched on this too, is we all kind of, have had those struggles but everybody's normal looks a little bit different you know like right uh, my normal it, there's no such necessarily a thing as normal but everyone to feel mm-hmm. like who they are who they who they're supposed to be that's their normal right. the, the 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 journey to get there is all different but uh the messaging yeah. honestly is pretty similar you know so uh yeah. pre- we appreciate you doing that um once you for right. real quick we're we're wrapping up here once you uh plug your your tiktok channel for us run us through the podcast one more time and then get us that that merch line absolutely um so again uh you can find me on all major platforms to be honest uh under the same handle at my Negus clothing which is m-y-n-e-g-u-s clothing and that's anywhere you can find me on tiktok uh twitter ig youtube uh where i will be posting uh the podcast itself which is the mental wealth podcast uh first episode will probably be dropping around the first or second week of july um and then the actual website as well is uh, www.mynegus with a dash and then clothing.com and then also i want to do something special for uh, just for your listeners as well, sure. um, because you know, just for being a part, you know, allowing me to be a part of your platform. Uh, for any any of your listeners, um, if they if they want to go to the site and they want to see something that they like and it inspires them, they want to buy it. If they can use the code PHD twenty and it'll give them twenty percent off their order, no issues. All they have to do is just put in PHD twenty, get that twenty percent off. Man, awesome. we appreciate that. Yeah, that's uh, great. Absolutely. I know I'm going to be sporting. Yeah. And uh, representing here. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to wear one absolutely. on the podcast. Yeah. We, get, we wear hats every episode. Absolutely. So we got to, we'll get, if we got a hat, we'll rock some hats. Yeah. Obviously, some shirts. So definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely, yeah. I'm definitely going to make sure I get you guys some stuff. So awesome. don't even worry about that. Awesome, man. No, we appreciate it. And uh, man, you you really are an inspiration. I know that that, that gets thrown around way too much in our society. Uh, you know, somebody does one good deed and, and it's on a, on a, (laughs) on a viral video, they're a saint, but, uh, you're doing, you're doing the work day to day, uh, and you're putting in the time and effort to, to really make a real change. Um, so, um, thanks again, man, for, for coming on and I look forward to connecting in the future as well. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have you back on, um, down the road and, and touch base and, uh, you know, like, like if there's anything we can do. Uh, like I've mentioned to you to help out with, with your podcast. Uh, we're certainly here to help. Yeah, man. All right. So, so this has been the uh, PhD podcast. This is Kellen King with Charles. I'm Tommy DeSalt. We'll we're at post hump day everywhere. All socials. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Sounds good.